Amen. Appreciate you for that. I really do. Um, okay, we are going to get back into our lesson. And I think, I think we're going to see how far we get today as far as finishing up. Don't know if we will or not. Um, but I uh, wanted to make sure you were aware that uh, we're almost at the end of this lesson and we'll be moving into another one pretty soon. With that in mind, um, if you need a copy of the lesson, um, I'll give these to Big Jim just in case. But uh, most of you should have it already. We're going to go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've uh, given us to uh, just to sit quietly and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your loving presence. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for as we come to you with our transgressions and our sins, that you forgive us for those things too. We just thank you for loving us beyond any measure, beyond any understanding. We thank you for helping us to show others how to love in the way you love us. We thank you for that through the service that you give to us, through the ways we speak to one another, the ways we encourage one another. We thank you for those reminders that you give to us each and every day. We pray now that you bless us and keep us, Lord. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, back at it. Lesson number 18, the ultimate answer. And this is, again, discussing the answers to prayer that we receive. And we know that this thing about prayer that we are involved in is an ongoing development. It's an ongoing process. Uh, We are on page three of the handout just to give you guidance as to where we are. And we're going to pick up from there and talk about this thing called good gifts. Good gifts. That's where we kind of left off. We left off about good gifts. Now, I'm going to challenge you with something, too, that comes to prayer and these things called good gifts. Understand something. We don't understand how God is working at all times. Amen? Amen. We do not know how God works at all times. We only see the end result of what God has done and what God will do in our lives. And I'm going to challenge you that we get a lot of good gifts in response to prayer that we sometimes don't even realize. Amen? Amen. Good gifts come in all shapes and sizes and all kinds of different packages. And what we need to understand, too, is about how we, in discipling other people, need to convey to every believer, new believer, uh, seasoned believer, that these good gifts are ours for realizing and understanding the more we deepen our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The better that we understand Christ, the more we can recognize good gifts in answers to prayer. If I recall correctly, you know, there are some good gifts that sometimes we don't ask for. For example, a good gift... Is And I don't know if it was a matter of prayer, but perhaps it was for members of uh, North High School. But a good gift that uh, uh, Mark (laughs) Smith received as coach of the year, I think, is worth recognizing. Amen. (laughs) So. (laughs) Hey, hey, 
Hey, now that's just starting something now. Uh, yes, it was about Mark. Absolutely. Yes. Um, now let's give credit where credit is due. Amen. Now, that certainly wasn't expected. And I know Mark didn't expect me to do that to him and put him on full blast. But one of the things that we have to understand, too, as believers in Jesus Christ, and we know that someone's carrying a badge for Christ, for someone to receive accolades like that is a good gift. And it's a good gift that is shared by others as well in his program. And it's also a badge that represents Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm sorry. Lovely to see something positive about a black man in the paper. Amen. That's very true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Amen. It is amazing. We have to recognize it for what it is. And we need to make sure that we. I'm sorry. Yes, that's exactly right. We have to understand, too, that it's all God's doing, working through Mark to accomplish these things. So our prayers, when we need to recognize when we see good things happen. In our own lives, when good things happen, we don't want to have such a jaded view of Jesus Christ or jaded view of Christianity where we don't recognize these good gifts. We need to see these things. If you're discipling a new believer, how are you going to explain those fruits of godly character? Maybe some of the good gifts that God is concerned about giving us. Now I'm echoing. I don't know what happened there. That's okay. So we need to understand that godly character is also a good gift. It's a gift that he gives to us to instill upon others as well, too. Okay. So we need to even tell new believers we're discipling, what is this that I have to look forward to about our relationship with Jesus Christ? And one of the things we need to look forward to is good gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit indwells, amen? Amen. The Spirit gives you these things that you don't have capability of doing on your own. You are only operating in the flesh, and I'm reminded of that every day. So when it comes to what the Spirit does for us, He's the one that gives us these good gifts, but we need to be prayerful and seeking after Him to say the very very words necessary to say, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Let me be used by you, which means you automatically have to do what? Die to self to experience these good gifts. Go ahead, Brother Larry. I'm sorry. Once you start recognizing the gifts. Right. Yeah. You get used to them. That's right. You get accustomed to them. Okay. Praise the Lord. You wake up any day that you wake up and you feel less pain as opposed to what you were normally experiencing. 
That's a good gift. You see what I'm talking about? Recognizing good gifts. We have to recognize them. Recognizing them is a very, very important part of our growth in Jesus Christ. It's part of our growth. Because we need to see evidence of God working in our lives. And God using us in that whole prospect. So, the good gifts that Jesus referred to. Now, we, when we, that was going back to Matthew 7. We were reading about that. They were, he refers to spiritual good gifts, or at least some of the best of them are. Giving, not worrying, fasting, and praying are all good things. If we ask, we will be given. If we seek those good things, we'll find them. If we knock on their doors, their doors will be open to us. We can obey Christ's commands and walk fruitfully. These good things are gifts from our Father in heaven. It breaks it right down to the very essentials of life. If you're trusting in Jesus Christ and you're seeking him, asking him, seeking, knocking, he is going to give you good gifts for you to function and operate in the body of Christ and beyond that. But we have to have a prayerful mindset. What is that set up by what? Being prayerful. Seeking after him. Asking him. Don't hold anything back. Remember we were talking about this whole thing about asking certain questions or praying about certain things? Well, that's not important. That's not important. It absolutely is important. If it's to you, if it's important, you pray about it. You pray about those very things. What's important to Brother Larry may not apply to me. It doesn't mean that it's any less important when it comes to him. So we need to keep that in mind as we're speaking to and counseling other people. You're going to be counseling different people and talking to them for different reasons, and their life circumstances may dictate that type of conversation. That's your opener. How's your life going? What's going on with your life? Let that person speak to you about how their life is going. And they're going to give you some indicators, and the Spirit's going to give you some clues as to where you should take them next. You're always prayerful for those very things, and you're doing so, in fact, in your own life. Now, God answers all kinds of prayers, and it doesn't mean that God only answers prayers concerning spiritual things. But it does make me pay attention to what I am praying. What are you praying about? Are you praying with a pure heart? I'm going to challenge you on something here. If you do not have a pure heart, your prayers are meaningless. Because that means you're praying in the flesh. Are you praying according to his will? Well, how do you know God's will? The only way you're going to really know God's will or have even an inkling of God's will is to do what? Seek after him and seek after him in prayer. Lord, what is your will in this situation? There are all kinds of things we pray about. Are the Browns going to win on Sunday? Well, signs usually point to no on that. But if they do, you know, hey, the outcome is what? Is it according to God's will? Well, obviously it is. It's based upon what happens. It's an outcome. So we need to recognize that the things that we experience and see, they're in line with his will. Now, is it in line with the long term? No, it's not. It's not the same thing. But we have to look at it for what it really is. Are you praying according to his will? If you want to dive deeper into this, I challenge you to read Paul's letters in the New Testament. See what he mentions he prays for and see what he asks others to pray. 
It just may your transform your prayers. It has mine. A perfect example of that is in Thessalonians. When Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, Paul is talking about how faithful they've been, how much they've strived and tried to continue to grow in a very pagan society in Thessalonica. And they did grow, but they also got some stuff wrong. And he told them about it. And he redirected them. You know, that's what living as a Christian is all about. Amen? You get some things right. You sometimes need redirection. Because you get some stuff wrong, too. And you need to make sure that you're encouraged. And Paul was encouraging the entire time while he's writing to them. And giving them encouragement. And asking, answering questions they may have had about their faith. And where they stood. When is Jesus coming back? When is he going to return? He answered those questions. He saw that they were trying to remain faithful. It may transform the way you pray. This is actually an excellent point. Look at what Paul was talking about in his New Testament letters. What was he saying to different groups of people he was writing to? He was always trying to be encouraging. But he did a lot of correction with love in those letters. Did you notice that? A lot of correction... With love. And boy, don't we need that. One of the things that I was thinking about the other day, and I would like to pass this on to you too just to think about it as well. A lot of us sometimes live in society where you go to work and you only hear about the bad stuff. You only hear about negative things. If things aren't going the way they should be, you'll hear someone do this correction thing. You know, when you have your annual review, you shouldn't be only hearing negative things about you. You should be hearing positive things. You should be hearing ways that show you've done some good things. Now, here are some things you can work on. Well, what I found out and what I learned about as you look at this whole thing about being in the workplace, you don't hear good things. People don't usually say, hey, nice job. Way to go with that stuff. We heard it yesterday at Lowe's. There was a woman who was actually cheerleading somebody for doing a good job, kind of across the the way, about a couple of aisles over, but she said, good job, and said it more than once. Because that's a positive motivator. If you know you're doing a good job, guess what you're going to keep trying to do? Do a good job throughout your time. Now, we as believers in Jesus Christ need to pick up on cues like this. We need to encourage one another and say, I really admire how you're living your life. I really admire what you're doing. Keep after it. Keep going after it. Now, it's up to that individual to make sure that they're doing those very things. Amen? Focusing on the Lord in prayer. But ultimately, we need to find ways to affirm each other in the body of Christ. Yes, sir? Well, thank <laughs> The Lord is good. The Holy Spirit is good. You give credit where credit is due. Okay, so let's go back to the good gifts. The good gifts Matthew described broadly, Luke pinpoints. What's the good gift? If you go to Luke eleven thirteen, let's take a look at that. Luke eleven thirteen. We've touched on this very briefly, but it's a good reminder to go back to it and look at it because we need to understand the world that we live in 
does have a basic understanding of good and evil. People know right and wrong. Amen? Whether you're a believer or not, you know a root rightness and wrongness. So we understand that because it's given to us. It's born within us. We have it. It's something that existed, frankly, ever since you know, Adam and Eve, and it's always been something that we've had to deal with, knowing right and wrong and being trained and growing up that way. Now, what is the good gift according to Luke 11:13? I'll read it. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So what's the good gift? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our game changer. Without the Holy Spirit, we, we just live like the world. We just do what the world does. We say what the world says. The Holy Spirit is the big difference. Yes, sir. Go ahead and read them. Mm-hmm. Or if he asks an egg, will he ask him Okay. Verse 13, that's right. In other words, you're not going to give somebody something negative if they ask for something positive. That's exactly the point. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, though, is the ultimate gift that we have because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have eternal life. There is no greater gift that we can receive. No greater gift. What Jesus Christ did on the cross for us and gave, allowed us to have the Spirit. And he spoke about the Spirit before he went on the cross. He told us he was coming. He told us he would be coming for us. Okay. So the ultimate of the good gifts God will give to those who ask is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God himself, there probably is no greater gift. There is no greater gift. Amen. Now let's go over to John chapter 14. I don't even want to go too fast about this good gift thing. We need to think about what the Spirit has done for us. Was there not a change in your life when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Amen. Was there not a change? There had to be a change. Had to be a change. Was it noticeable right then? Maybe not. But the fact that you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior at that moment, you got what? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Something you didn't have before. You didn't have that before you did that. So there was a change. We need to understand that that change was a sudden change, but it's also a gradual change. It's a gradual change because now you're talking about putting off the old things of life that got you tripped up and bringing in and changing to the new things. So it was a sudden change, but it's also a gradual change. Look at John 14, 16 through 18, and then verse 26. What characteristics of the Holy Spirit reveal why he is the ultimate answer? Now, we're going to look at the character 
the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. There can't be much more of a graphic explanation of what the Spirit does than that. And look at verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then drop down to verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You know what's amazing about what the Holy Spirit does? As we get older and we get more seasoned in the Word, we start remembering things. We don't even know sometimes where we remember them from, but the Spirit brings them to mind. But in order for Him to bring something to mind, guess what? You have to put something in there. So you've got to be reading the Word. You have to be studying the Word. You have to be prayerful and seeking after Him and gaining greater understanding. So you put more stuff in here, He'll bring it to mind. He will bring it back for you. That's a promise. He does it. He wants you to remember those things that you've been taught so that you learn lessons in life. Even when we screw up. Amen? Even when we mess up. We learn lessons in life because the Spirit teaches us. The Spirit gives us a reminder of what we should have done or what we should be doing even when we mess up. Thank the Lord for grace and mercy. Amen? Because we screw up a lot. We've messed up a lot. Amen? All right. So as long as y'all understand, we all mess up all the time. And we know we need a teacher to show us when we mess up and recognize those things. Remember, the world doesn't have that. The world doesn't have that teaching mechanism. The world messes up and keeps messing up. So what now are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit And why is he the ultimate answer in our life? You go back to those verses, verses 16 through 18 and verse 26. What characteristics do you see in those verses about the Holy Spirit? He's a teacher. He is a teacher. Interestingly, Jesus Christ, when he was walking on earth, was called teacher, rabbi, teacher. So what you're seeing is the characteristics of the Holy Spirit essentially emulating The teacher in Jesus Christ. What else do we have? You can jot that down, by the way. Teacher. That's a good answer. What's next? He gives you reminders. How do you, how will we say that? He's a reminder. (laughs) He gives you reminders. He He gives you, he brings you recall. He gives you information back. Yeah, he gives you reminders. He's reminding you of his goodness. Remember, what are we talking about good gifts? What is he doing? He's showing you his goodness. The good gifts are showing you his goodness. He's giving you a reminder on a daily basis of the good gifts that he presents to us if we're truly in, in recognizing him and seeking after him. So he gives us reminders. What else? He gives you truth. He gives you truth. The spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. Yes. I think he gives us everything that Jesus Christ would give us. That's right. Yeah. And the reason I'm 
saying that this word Okay. Where, 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 so it's everybody else knows where you're looking. What, where is the another word, verse? 26? 16th verse. Oh, another helper. Okay. Very good. Gotcha. Okay. Just want to make sure we knew. Okay. That's a Greek word there that's not in any other place in the scripture. Okay. Because this another is a direct reference. Okay. Okay. Yes. In other words, you could go and have some glasses made. Okay. But you got to have the exact type that this is, and Jesus was that type. Okay. This was a replica of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything that Jesus Christ was doing in the flesh, the Holy Spirit was going to do. That's that's exact. Another helper. Is an exact reference to who Jesus Christ is and the fact that He's sending the Holy Spirit. I saw two hands. Go ahead. I'll come back to you. Convicted. Yeah, that's right. He's a helper. Let me get. And I'll come over. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That's good, wasn't it? Every now and then a blind squirrel can get a nut, right, Brother Beecher? <laughs> yeah, you inspired him to say that? That's great. Thank you. Yes. All things. Yep. That's right. Amen. Amen. And guess what those all are? Good gifts. When he's giving you discernment and reasoning and understanding, a lot of believers are very immature in that they don't recognize good gifts and good information. The only way you mature as a believer is studying, reading the word and seeking after him in prayer on a daily basis. On an hourly basis. Because we know that ear tickling is taking place at an all-time high. Amen? People want to hear what they want to hear. If they don't get, if they don't get something they want to hear, then it's not going to be working out for them. We have to understand that discernment and what she just described is exactly right. He sometimes will give us information to help us, redirect us, and put us where we should be. Even though we're listening to somebody who's preaching or somebody who's talking supposedly about the Lord. Because we want to make sure that we are applying that information correctly. Those are all good gifts that he gives us if we are truly seeking after him. If it's not sitting right, then now you go into this little mini wrestling match with him to see what is it? What is right? What is truth? You said truth. Jesus Christ is truth. The spirit is truth. He he gives you the spirit of truth. To help you to interpret real truth. Not just personal truth. Real truth. Yes. Don't you see how important that statement was to the apostles? Amen. In a few hours, believing 
Oh, yep, he knew it too. Yes, that's right. Peter's going to do it. That's right. And then Judas is, is going to betray him. That's right. And there was a bundle of confusion, and Jesus stepped in and said, wait a minute, I want to comfort you guys. Amen. That's right. <laughs> and that comfort is what? The promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Spirit is a huge comfort. Yeah, so Encouragement, in yeah. situation. Yep. Amen. A ball of confusion, right? Remember that song? Ball of confusion? Temptations? It wasn't that great of a song, to my opinion. It wasn't a great of a song. It just kind of threw it out there. Well, but, but, that, but that song was giving you information about the world we were living in. Correct? So we understand that, but who is the author of confusion? Satan. Okay. Now, let's move. Let's get back into it here. So, were those all the characteristics we got? Helper, teacher. We said teacher. We said reminders, gives reminders. The spirit of truth. Anything else? The replica of Jesus. Faithfulness. The spirit is faithful. The spirit is faithful. Even when you are not, he is. The Spirit is faithful. And, of course, helper is a huge word, too. Helper encompasses all of those things we just talked about. He's the helper. He helps us along day by day. He gives us what we need to live in Christ day by day. He's a helper. He is a corrector. Yes, he does. Amen. Okay. The Holy Spirit is the good gift, the ultimate response, because his presence is more comforting and satisfying than any other answer you could receive from God. And that's a big amen. He's a big amen for that. He is our comforter, our helper. I like that comforter word. Our helper and the one who teaches and guides us into truth. He is our companion uh, with a capital C because he's always goes with us. He always goes with us. He's indwelling. I think Habakkuk may have really understood that. God gave him answers to his prayers that were hard to hear. Go back to Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. And if you remember this passage, and I do, there was nothing but devastation going on around Habakkuk at that point. Habakkuk 3, and this is actually the last three verses in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3, verses 17 through 19. Habakkuk must have received information from the Lord that still would help him to do what? Give the Lord praise. Can you praise the Lord when stuff, when life really sucks? Well, good. Well, good. That means you're a mature believer. If you can do that, then that means you're a very mature believer. Because it's very, very difficult for immature believers to give anybody praise. So you've come a long way. And sometimes you come a long way by fire. Amen? Because that's what happens in our lives. We have to go through fire sometimes to get to that point and say, 
Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. But let's look at what this passage says. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. What are we talking about? There ain't no food. There is no food. There is no place around where you can get any kind of sustenance or a meal. There is no food. And remember, olives and stuff and, and the oils and all that, that determined wealth as well, too, if you had that. No food and no money. There's nothing there. Verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. What is this telling you? Ain't nothing more important than having a relationship with the Lord. If you got nothing, you still have everything in Jesus Christ. That's what it teaches. In verse 19, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places to the choir master with stringed instruments. Ooh, I have to, I have to remember that one for the seminar. Our seminar is going to be talking about music and worship and praise and the symbolism of it and how it gets us to, into a different emotional relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Music has a huge effect on that. A huge impact. And interestingly enough, it's mentioned all throughout Scripture about the impact of music within Scripture. It's, it's right there in Scripture. It's showing you the importance of music and your emotional connection with Jesus Christ. But look at what it says here again. He is still rejoicing in the Lord, in fact, in though, even though there's nothing going on. There's nothing happening. Nothing positive to look at. It's all about what you're seeing, but yet he's going beyond what he sees. And that's exactly what it teaches us in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trusting in the Lord and not leaning on your own understanding. Don't look at what you see here. There's something much greater going on. So does Habakkuk sound disappointed or satisfied? Satisfied. Why? He has the Lord. He under, God answered his prayer. He didn't get the answer he thought he would get. But he got an answer. And he recognizes that God is much greater than all of those things that he was experiencing. And that's where we as believers need to keep encouraging other people who have trouble seeing these things. You know, that service yesterday was a very interesting service. I'm hearing a lot of amens from people when Gus was speaking who were from this church. I didn't hear nothing up in the gallery. I heard nothing. They're just, they're just sitting there and staring at him. Because they haven't made that connection yet. I'm, I'm just going to go as far as to say that. They haven't made that connection yet, connecting the importance of God in this whole situation and where they stand with him. And, God, and, and Gus said all the right words. All the right words. All, checked all the boxes. You know, when you go to a funeral, what do people think about? You know what I mean? You notice that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I wasn't expecting people to get up and start saying, you know, Lord Jesus saved me or anything like that. I wasn't expecting that. But what but there was just nothing. And what it means is, is that there are people that we know or we've seen now that need prayer. You need to pray for these people to get an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Absolutely. She wanted to see those people come to know Christ. That's right. And, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes in someone's death, that can happen. It can happen. Yeah, that's right. And I have too. That's exactly right. Okay. The reason Habakkuk was satisfied, the reason that you can be satisfied no matter what the answer you receive is because God gives the good gift to each of us. Satisfaction doesn't come from answers to your prayer. Ah, what? Satisfaction doesn't come just from answers to your prayer. Satisfaction comes from the encounter you have with God through his spirit because of your prayer. Remember Habakkuk, there wasn't anything around him. He didn't like the answer. It's not about liking an answer. There are prayers that you get answered that you aren't going to like the answer to. So praise the Lord all the more that you do like them when they come. But we need to understand that satisfaction comes from the encounter you have with God through His Spirit because of your prayer. Every one of us, when we accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior, had what? An encounter with God through the Spirit because of prayer. That's exactly what it was. That's how you came to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior in your life. You have to pray. And I know we, the second bell just went off. You have to pray that those people who don't know the Lord experience that ultimate satisfaction. Because right now they're not satisfied. They're not satisfied. They're not content. They're doing whatever they think they can do on their own to try to gain satisfaction. And how do we do that sometimes? Drinking, taking drugs, living a life that might be different at night than it is during the daytime, whatever it is. But the bottom line is that they're not satisfied. They're seeking satisfaction in all the different places except in God himself. So that's... They're comfortable, but that's a safe place that they think they're in, but they're actually in in utter danger. They don't know it. Yes. Stagnant. They're trying to fill holes, that's right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we'll stop here. Answers never fully satisfy. Only relationship with God satisfies. And that's important for us to see, too. Um, And we'll stop there. We'll probably finish the lesson and do something, start something new next week if we can. But I wanted to point out to you the importance. What are the takeaways today? Relationship with Jesus Christ is because of the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. He is our greatest gift. He helps us to recognize those good gifts that we have in prayer. We need to be prayerful and continue to pray. 
and you know answers to prayer. Now we have to pray eventually that Mark wins a championship or something. So that's the next level, right? <laughs> Be prayerful for that good gift as well, too. Let's close out in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to look to your true goodness, your mercy, your grace, all those things that we see in just our seeking after you and having greater understanding of who you are. We thank you for your very presence today. We thank you for how you just touch us, how you heal us, how you show us, Lord, with your very presence that you are there with us and you're always with us. 